Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Well, if you would turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1, and tonight we'll start in uh, verse 12. Um, I think the uh, chorus of that last verse really fits with this text. Glory to God alone. Glory to God alone. He has worked salvation in such a way that He gets the glory. Not us. We, we, we get saved because God had mercy on wretched sinners. And, and we didn't do anything. We didn't contribute anything. And he, he saved us by His mercy alone, and He keeps us by His mercy alone so that He gets all the glory. And Paul demonstrates how this was the case in his own life. You know, we know a lot about Paul. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, he tells us in other places. He was flawless when it comes to the law. And yet, here in this text that we're looking at today, he calls himself the chief of sinners. The worst. It doesn't get any worse than Paul in his own eyes. And he says, God did that. He saved him the worst so that God would get the glory. God loves to save the worst. He loves to reach down into the depths of our sin and pull us out and save us and change us and adopt us and make us new. He loves to do it so that He gets the glory. Let's look at our text. Beginning in verse 12, it says, I thank Him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because He judged me faithful, appointing me to His service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted in ignorant, ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus." The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display His perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in Him for eternal life. To the King of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, You are deserving of all glory and all honor and all praise forever and ever. We would not be here if You had not snatched us from death into life. Father, we pray that tonight You would feed us 
by Your Word, that You would help us to grow, and that You would cause us to marvel at the miraculous grace that You have given us in Jesus Christ. Lord, we love You because You first loved us. Give me strength and grace as I preach Your Word in Jesus' name. Amen. From the first word, Paul here is all talking about grace. He says, I thank Him. I thank Him. It's all about what He did, right? I thank Him. I give Him thanks. We thank someone when they've, when they've given something to us, when they've done something for us. We thank them. And Paul here, he's, he's, uh, he's talking about the ministry that he's been given to do. And he says, I thank God for it. Paul didn't deserve it. He thanks God that he had been given this ministry. He says, I thank Him who has given me strength. Here again, grace. Paul is not working on his own strength. He's working upon the strength that God gives him. If we share Christ with someone, okay, I got an opportunity to do that this week. When we share Christ with someone, we do so in the strength that God supplies. As I went to go talk with this person, I prayed, God, I don't have the ability to convince anyone to trust in You. If anything's going to come from this, You've got to do it. It's only in the strength that God supplies that anybody gets saved. We've got to pray if we're going to see people saved. And here Paul says, I thank Him who has given me strength. The Lord Jesus is the one who gives Him strength. Christ Jesus our Lord is the one who gives Him strength. And then he says why he gives Him thanks. Because He judged me faithful. He counted me. He determined that I was faithful, appointing me to His service. Now, I had already just said, it's all about grace, right? He thanks Him. It's what God chose to do. And it's Jesus who gives Him strength. But here, Paul says, He counted me faithful. That word... judged me faithful. I have to go back and check this. I'm kind of going from memory here. I believe, I know I saw this word in the text somewhere, but I believe that is reckoning. And, and it's not necessarily that someone is faithful. It's like J Abraham was counted righteous. Even though Abraham hadn't done anything yet. He was reckoned that way. And, and Paul here was, was counted, he was judged, faithful, appointing me to his service. He, he says, I'm in this position, I'm preaching the Gospel here, I'm writing half the New Testament here because God chose me. Not because I had done anything great. And then, after giving God the glory saying, I thank Him, He's the one who appointed me, He's the one who gives me strength, he says, he gives us his resume. Here's the qualifications you don't want on your resume. He says, though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent opponent. 
That makes you, yeah. He, he says, God chose me even though formerly used to be what I used to be before I came to know Jesus, but what I used to be, I was a blasphemer. I was a slanderer. The, the Christians were in the right, and I were saying, they, I was saying, what Paul was saying was they were in the wrong. And he was a persecutor. When Paul met Jesus, he was on his way to go and persecute them. He was going to arrest them and drag them off and take them to prison. Paul was standing there holding the coats of the people who were stoning Stephen, the very first person who was martyred for the Christian faith. Paul saw himself, he understood that he was a slanderer, he was a blasphemer, he was a a persecutor, he was complicit in the murder of the first Christian martyr. So he understood that he was the worst. And he says, an insolent man. Insolent, we don't use that term much anymore. Violent. He was a violent man. He wanted to persecute these Christians. He wanted to see them whipped and flogged like Jesus was. Yet, Paul says, I received mercy. I received mercy. Paul, he thanks God. God has chosen me for this ministry. I didn't deserve it. I thank Him because He counted me faithful to do this even though what I used to be doesn't match this. What I used to be, you never would have picked me for this. Paul says. But I received mercy. Mercy is, the, the children's definition of course is, when we don't get what we deserve. We deserve, like a little kid deserves a spanking. Maybe it's not mercy to not give it to him because, you know, actually that's... <laughs> but we deserve a punishment. We deserve uh, uh, the wrath of God and we don't get it. That's mercy. We de- and Paul here, because of God's mercy, he, he's, he's, he received mercy, and here he tells us the reason why he received mercy. And this, when I, when I thought about this, it really just kind of knocked me over. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. Think about that for a minute. The reason why Paul received mercy was he acted ignorantly and in unbelief. Basically, I think Paul is saying, the reason I received mercy was because I was dumb. <laughs> I, 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 was, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I hadn't yet believed on Christ. Uh, he says, I, uh, he rece- I received mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. That's nothing to brag about. <laughs> That's nothing to brag about. He says, I received mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Again, This is lifting up the grace of God. He didn't receive mercy because he turned over a new leaf. He didn't receive mercy because he just helped so many people. He didn't receive mercy because his good outweighed his bad. He received mercy because he was the worst. Amen. And then... Paul says in verse 14, And the grace of our Lord overflowed with me with the faith 
and love that are in Christ Jesus. This grace, grace, we talked about mercy. Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. Grace is a gift. Grace is when you get something you don't deserve. It's kind of the inverse of mercy. Grace, we don't deserve to be adopted as God's children. We don't deserve to be forgiven. We don't deserve to be created as new creatures in Christ. We don't deserve any of that. We don't deserve to be joint heirs with Jesus. We have been given this grace. And and the grace here, Paul says, overflowed. It's overflowing. For the worst, Paul admits he used to be a blasphemer, a slanderer. He, he sinned with his mouth. He sinned with his actions and, 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 and being a violent man. He was a persecutor. He admits what he used to be. And yet, the grace overflowed for him. There was more than enough. It was never running out. And He never runs out for us. The grace of our Lord overflowed for me with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The grace that was given gave Him another thing. Another two things here. Along with this grace, it overflowed with faith and love. He had a change in His heart. He used to reject Jesus as the Messiah. And now, he believes in Jesus the Messiah. He, he, he had a change in his life and in his heart that he went from one thing to another and now he has faith in Jesus. This grace that overflowed gave him faith. The faith didn't come from himself, as Ephesians tells us. That faith is not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. That faith was overflowed because of the grace that was overflowing And love, when God gives us that grace, when He forgives us of our sins and adopts us as children, He overflows within our hearts love for one another. We love people we didn't used to love. There's a change within us. There's an effect. And all of this comes from the work of God. And none of it could be something we could manufacture in our own power. In our own strength. It all comes from what God has done within us. Verse 15. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. He's saying, pay attention here. Pay attention here. This is trustworthy. You can take this to the bank. It's, you can be confident in this. And what does he say? that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. First of all, we can get that. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Jesus said in His earthly ministries, I came not for the well, but for the sick. He came to draw sinners to repentance. He came for people like us who need Him. He didn't come for a bunch of holier-than-thou types. He came for the desperate, for the sick, for the needy, and for the sinners. That's who He came for. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. 
And we can trust that statement. And then Paul says to top it off, of whom I am the foremost. I believe it's the King James that says, of whom I am chief. And in the Greek, it basically says, I am the first, which means in rank. It means I'm the worst. I'm the worst. Paul says, because I had persecuted the church, because I had been a violent man, because I had sinned with my tongue, he said, I am the worst. Verse 16. And again, he turns this around. But I received mercy. He said the same thing a while ago. For this reason. Oh, let's, let's let our ears perk up here. First of all, he said, I received mercy because I was ignorant and unbelieving. Now he says, I received mercy for this reason that in me as the foremost, Christ Jesus might display His perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in Him for eternal life. In a nutshell, Paul here is saying, God reached down and saved me when I was persecuting the church, when I was a violent man, whenever I was a blasphemer. He did that for me so that everybody in the future can say, if He can save Paul, He can save me. Amen? Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what you have, have thought, what you have said. Doesn't matter anything. Paul said, I was the worst sinner. And if God can save me, then He did it so that I would be an example so that others in the future can look back at me and say, He can save me too. Amen? Finally, verse 17. This seems like it may be disconnected, like it may not have to do with the rest of it, but I assure you it's all connected here. To the King of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul bursts out into praise. And I believe he bursts out into praise just thinking about the great mercy that he'd received in Jesus. I was a murderer. I was a blasphemer. I was a violent man. And God had mercy on me. And then he can't help it, but he overflows in his own heart and starts breaking out in praise and says, to him, to the king, to Jesus, to the king of the ages, the immortal, That means He never dies. He lives forever. The immortal, the invisible. Now, Jesus existed here on earth as a human being, and Jesus still has a body today that He was taken into heaven with. And one day, He's returning in a body as well. But we don't see Him now. And God and His essence, God... Uh, the Father has no body. We don't see Him as a corporeal figure. To the immortal, undying, invisible, we can't see Him. To the only God, there is no other. There's no one like Him. To the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Why does God do what He did for Paul? so that He would receive the glory. Why does God reach down and take the worst and make Him into His greatest apostle? 
so that God would receive the glory. If Paul had been Jesus' number one student, and Paul had never done anything wrong, and Paul was just holier than thou, maybe we could say, man, Paul was a great man. But Paul knew it's not about him. Paul knew it's all about what Jesus did. And that's what it is for each one of us. When He saves us, He saves us for His glory. He doesn't look for people who are righteous on the outside. He doesn't make look for people who have a good heart really down deep. He doesn't look for... He looks for the worst. And while Paul said he was the chief of sinners, sometimes I wonder if he was right because I feel like it must be me. And maybe you can all relate. And we may not have been persecutors of the church, but we can all feel in that moment when we are discouraged and we are down on ourselves because we struggle with sins. We feel like, man, I should have been over this years ago. We remember, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. And His grace is sufficient. His grace is enough. Glory to Him. Glory to Him. He has done great things. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.